following podcast is a production of the network. Check us out on BICBP-radio.com. You're listening to a Tip of the Cap podcast brought to you by Stinger Sports. Stinger Sports makes high-quality gear for the player who expects more for their money. Visit them today at www.stingerwoodbats.com and use promo code TIP OF THE CAP, all one word, for 10% off your next order. Stinger Sports. Look great. Feel great. Play great. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to a brand new episode of Tip of the Cap podcast. I am Coach Jaws, your host each and every time. One of these shows drops, and uh, first and foremost, I'd like to thank everybody who tuned into my last episode with Coach Dennis Crowley of Aces Baseball and Depew High School Baseball. Uh, it was a great time sitting down talking to a, a longtime friend, coaching colleague, and at times uh, the occasional, uh, we'll call him a frenemy at times uh, in our coaching careers. Uh, a little bit of a friendly rivalry for a long, long time between me and me and Coach Crowley and uh you know, very, very sad to hear the uh, the news about him and his battle with um, with Lou Gehrig's disease. However, he I actually just saw him the other day. Yesterday, actually, it was uh, on Wednesday. He's in good spirits, doing well. And this Saturday, October 23rd, from 1 p.m. to 6 p.m., uh, Coach Crowley is having his uh, benefit at the uh, the Elks Lodge 1478. Uh, at 33 Legion Parkway in Lancaster, uh, you can get it's thirty dollars uh, to to get in. You can get tickets from him or uh, anybody close to him. You can reach out to me personally if you need to get tickets or would like to donate. Uh, you can also get tickets at the do- tickets at the door. Uh, do please please do be advised. This is a 21 and over event. Um, I know there are a lot of uh, underage former players, current you know guys who have played for a coach in you know over the years that maybe haven't quite hit that legal legal libation age yet that wanted to come. Uh, he did tell me that they were doing, uh, he plans on doing another type of event where the younger uh, athletes that he's had an impact on in his life could come, attend, have fun, and uh, do something along those lines. So stay tuned, look out for that as soon as he knows when and where that'll be. Uh, I'll share that with you as well. Um, if you can't make it, uh, there's also a GoFundMe page that's been set up to help Coach Crawley. Uh, you can find the link to that. Uh, below in the uh, the the summary section of the podcast, uh, as well as uh, I shared it on Twitter and Facebook as well, so you can check that out. Donate, please. Uh, Coach Crowley's again a good friend, a great guy, and, a, and an amazing baseball person from the Western New York area. Uh, if you can't make the benefit on Saturday, uh, please consider donating to the GoFundMe page, and uh, we look forward to having a good time there on Saturday ourselves. I yours truly will be there. Uh, once I get out of work and um, just looking to have a good time and support a good friend and uh, a great cause here to help him and his family through a very, very tough time. Now, that being said, um, this topic is, is is an interesting one. It's going to be it's one that I'm going to have some fun with. Um, and really what it comes down to is it's something that I've seen through my years of coaching. Um, and through, if you, if you've listened to the podcast and you've listened to my episodes in the past, you've heard me talk about things like travel ball, um, and how the amount of travel teams and the amount of quote unquote elite programs in the area 
has kind of almost watered things down a little bit here in Western New York. Um, you know, and th- it, this is kind of kind of stem off of that. So the issue that I have with the amount of teams and programs that travel and refer to themselves as um, elite and uh, elite, all-star, premier, all-world, whatever adjective you want to throw on there, uh, up to and including through the high school ranks when you start using the word showcase. Um, Again, a showcase team used to be a thing that was literally put together and meant to showcase talent, and then it became an age group. Uh, it became, you know, something that so many teams used because one team was using it. So, well, we're going to make our own showcase team. And then everyone made a showcase team. Uh, and it's become to the point that it's become some, so overused that there are some programs in the area that despite probably being pretty close to what a showcase team would and should be, refuse to use the term because it's been it's been so watered down and so... Um, for lack of a better term, bastardized. Um and, and some of the byproducts of that is how players take to and react to um, adversity. So when you're when you're playing summer ball and, you know, be it House, Legion, Triple ABA, um, Muni, uh, your your showcase teams, your whatever you want to call these travel organizations, uh, stuff like that. Whenever you're playing for them, uh, what what you see happening is because there's so many there are guys who go out and they'll play for a team and then say they don't get their the playing time they want or they don't get the they don't get to play the position they want to play i'm a shortstop and they're not they don't get to play shortstop on that team so they go to a different team or you know if they're not if they don't really know or can't you know can't get on another team for whatever reason maybe maybe they miss tryouts maybe uh, I don't know, maybe they flat out didn't make it, which is a thing that does happen. You know, they, they end up going and starting their own team or joining an, an upstart team, a place where they can play the position they want and get the playing time they want. And then what happens? Well, then these guys go to school, um, you know, especially in some of your bigger districts, your your Orchard Parks, your Clarences, your uh, potentially, you know, your Iroquois, stuff like that. And they end up going up against guys who... You know, they they shied away from uh, through travel ball, uh, through through summer ball. So, you know, I, 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 I'm going to and can use uh, a perfect example. Over, in, in the last couple of years, uh, doing tryouts at Lancaster, we noticed that we had, um, I believe we had seven, seven guys trying out for shortstop who all played local travel for a a Lancaster team or a nearby team, like Lancaster or Lancaster adjacent travel team. And that doesn't include the top two guys that made our team and started. So, you know, you're, you're playing on teams and you're the third, fourth, fifth, sixth guy at, at at, at a position. And you're not even in the, like in the top two, don't play on the teams that you play on and play against. You know, it. one of a few things happens there. You know, you end up having to deal with it, like deal with the adversity of maybe not being the guy because uh, you, you know, unless you're going to transfer to a Catholic school, um, 
you know, which there are, I, I don't know the exact rules behind that. Um, you know, your, your options are to either try to find a different position, work harder, or be okay being a depth guy if you make it. Um, you know, and it, for me, it's one of those things that we don't teach kids the accountability behind being not about, behind not being the best. You know, we what we're what we're showing a lot of these guys and what we're teaching a lot of these guys and some guys and okay, so let me get this out of the way first and foremost. There are players, there are guys who go out and maybe can't make the like the 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 best team or one of the best teams at 11, 12, 13, 14. You know, and then they hit that growth spurt and because they're able to play and there are a place for these guys, uh, they you know, they they play, they grow and they develop into something more than they were at that age. And that's fantastic. And to some extent, that's what I believe these these teams are meant to do. Okay? But when you get to a certain age, all right, we, we all know and we all talk about it. Uh, I see it all over Twitter, all over Facebook, and all the, in these groups that I'm in, about the... Number of guys who start playing Little League to the number of guys who make it to their high school team, the number of the guys that make it to their high school team to the number of guys that make it to college baseball at any level, the number of guys that make it from college at college baseball at any level to your upper echelon of college baseball at Division One, and then from those guys into the minors and those guys into the next level of the minors, the next level of the minors, the highest level of the minors, and then the show. And those numbers are incredibly, incredibly small to that up that uppermost echelon, right? We all know that. That's not a secret. I'm not telling you something you don't know. But what we're doing by allowing by, by there being places for kids to say if it for, okay, for kids who want to make it to the next level, for the which I believe most kids that play baseball into their teens want to play high school baseball. So, if you want to play high school baseball and you go out and you, you know, you you try out for a local travel team and they say you're not good enough, or they say you are good enough, but, you know, you're maybe not going to start or you're, you'll be the number two shortstop, but you'll get some time in the outfield. You get some time at third, some time at second. You know, what you should do and parents, what you should encourage your player to do is to stay on a better team and work to be the better player. All right. If, you know, you're if you go to a, if you go to a high school and you make the team, but you're not a starter and you're a depth guy uh, or maybe as a junior, you don't make the team. Because, unfortunately, that does happen. Um, you know, is to, to work, if, you, if it's something you want, work at it. All right? We, we, right now, we live in a world where there's too much quit. There's too much screw it. There's too much, well, you know, uh, what do you mean? What do you mean I didn't make it? You know, I've, I've had kids walk out of the office after making cuts, slam the door after screaming at me that I, I ruined their, their not, not just me, but that we ruined their chances at playing college baseball. And we kind of looked at each other and said, who's been telling this kid that where he's at right now, he's playing college baseball. You know, and a lot of that is, well, he's on a showcase team. Well, he's on, you know, a, an, an elite travel team. He's playing for a scout of so-and-so. You know, it, whatever it may be. I mean, you know, everyone's got a pitch, right? Everyone's got a shtick. So, and, and you should, to some extent, you should, there, there's, there should be something that separates you from the people around you. Um, if that's what you're trying to sell it, and it should hopefully be true, but you know, what we're selling these kids now is if 
if this place says you're not good enough, there's another place for you that will say you're good enough because eventually we're just going to tell you you are good enough where you are. Uh, and this this actually drives a lot of guys down as far as building a competitive drive, building a you know a, a, a hard nose. We'll call it a JUCO mentality almost. Um, you know, there this this is something that's that's beating the competitive fire out of newer and newer generations because if I can't make this team, there's always another, and if there's not, there's always another, and if there's not, well, I can make my own. Um, so much so that you can then go and watch some of the older ages, uh, like if, if there are some areas that still have older age house ball over 13, it's ugly. It, it's, it's ugly, ugly. And it could be a lot better. And those guys could, like the guys who are playing now, uh, the, the, the young men and women that are playing now, could get better because guys who are a little bit closer to them but better than them could play and show them and it could increase the level of ball and be better for everybody. Instead, we have travel teams out there that struggle to win a game all summer. And then even worse, we have these higher end, your higher end upper echelon teams that go out and they'll be playing local league play or a local tournament where they're giving guys, you know, not their, not their top tier, not their, you know, their uppermost um, players. They're giving those guys a little bit of a break and letting some of their, you know, some of their death guys get some innings, log some tournament time. And then, you know, one of these local or not even local, but one of these, you know, lower end teams knocks them off and, oh, we beat them. See, we're better. And then, you know, the next day or in the playoffs or whatever, they play their number, you know, the number three arm goes on the mound and they got their top, you know, their top nine lineup together for the day. And it's not even close. And they're like, well, we beat them yesterday. Like whatever, whatever it may be, you know, but we're beating that competitive drive that we're beating a team over the summer means your, you know, your team is better when, you know, I mean, we, I used to do this all the time when I coached in the summer, you know, my local games, my local tournaments, that's when guys played who didn't play when we went to Ohio, when we went to Delaware, when we went to Connecticut, when we went down to Pennsylvania, you know, when we were playing an age group or two up in Canada, like you know, when we're playing locally, yeah, my number, my, you know, my number four, five, and six are going to start my three pool play games because everyone's going to make the playoffs, and we'll see you on Sunday. You know, and I, the, the amount of times that I get like, oh, see, I told you, I told you we were better than them. All right, guys, don't worry, we'll see them on Sunday. You know, that competitive drive to beat my team should be replaced by the competitive drive to make your players better, to develop your players, to develop your team, to develop your sons and daughters to make better overall teams, you know, teams that go and play bigger and better competition, because here's what happens. And I already mentioned it. They go to high school. All right. And I've heard this from parents, my entire coaching career, your son tries out, makes the team, but he's a depth guy or doesn't make the team. Well, I don't understand it. We, we played that kid's team three times this year and you know, we beat them all three times. Uh, okay, what does that mean to me? That kid that that kid that you com- that your kid competed with for a position is a better player. In my coaching, in my professional coaching opinion, that kid that I picked over your son to start or to be on the team is better. The reason I'm in my position is to make that decision. So what is that like? What is what is your summer team beating his summer team have to do with him making this team and starting? Is really question number one. Question number two 
is, all right, say you're that kid that gets a shot, all right, whether you you make a team uh, at a smaller school because they're, you know, they, some, some schools don't have enough guys to make cuts, so they keep everybody, which is fine because you got to have a team, right? I don't care if you have five guys who are really, really good and you cut everybody else or you don't have anybody else, you can't play baseball with five guys. So there's nothing wrong with schools that need to keep everybody to keep everybody. So say you make the team and you're a depth guy, whether there's cuts, no cuts, whatever, you're not a starter, you're on the team. What do you do? Do you sit and sulk about not playing? Do you fool around? Do you do you dick off on the bench? You know, do you screw around and just kind of go through the motions and then you know, get upset that you don't that you're not playing, that you're not on the that you're not on the field on game day? Or do you train your ass off? Do you go work with the guy who coach thinks is better than you? So he, you know, so you're like, if it, if it's me right now, if if it's me right now, and I had a kid who was in that situation, I would say do your do everything you can to be next to that kid 100 percent of practice, learn what he knows, and like, and if you actually think you're better than him, show it. Because you know what doesn't do me any good? That guy that says he's better than somebody, but I never get to see it. Because he's always off with his buddy, screwing off a little bit, or you know he's not working very hard, or you know, hey, and here's the other part of it: when I look at you and say, when I'm looking for a guy for a pinch hit, and maybe you've maybe first off, be the guy that impresses me enough in practice, in during BP, during bullpens, during cage work, you know, during practice as a whole, that I give you a shot when I need a guy. All right, show me that you want to be on the field. As a coach, I want to see guys that want to be on the field. Then, from there, show me when you get your shot what you can do. All right, and I've seen this for years and years and years and years. I have seen kids who come out, get a shot. All right, they've impressed at practice. They've had a, they had a great week. At, they had a great week on the field at practice, and they get a shot. I'm looking for a pinch runner. You know, or a, uh, I'm looking for a pinch hitter. Okay, I got a guy in the field who's just struggling at the plate, so I'm gonna give somebody else a shot. You've impressed me. Let's see what you got. And what do you do? Watch strike one, watch strike two, watch ball one at your eyes, and then swing out of your shoes at a curveball in the dirt. What did that show me? All right, as a coach, that shows me you're not ready. All right, you, they, that it looks good in the game when I'm throwing you BP, you're stinging the ball, doing well, but when you get in the game, you're not ready to play. All right, if I look at you and say, hey, you know, you've been, you've been showing off a little bit. You've been running the ball, running the ball. Jeez, I've been, I've been talking football all day. I apologize. You know, you're showing off. You're running bases hard. You're, you're showing me that you can do something. You know, we're doing a base stealing drill, and you, you swiped a bag or two, or you, you showed during uh, during live BP that you're, you know, making smart choices on the base paths. And all of a sudden, you know, my, my number four guy comes up, gets plugged or gets walked, and he's kind of – He's the first guy at the end. He's a little bit slow, a little bit of a plug on the base pass. And I'm like, hey, Jimmy, grab a helmet. Jimmy. Jimmy. Guys, where's Jimmy? Oh, coach, you ran to the bathroom. Or, Jimmy, I have to, I have to yell your name three, four times just to, for you to hear me along with other guys in the team saying your name. And then you have to go find your stuff. Oh, where's my helmet? Where did I put my bag? All right. You should know where that stuff is at all times. You should be ready to go at all times and be ready to go, not just mentally, but physically. 
All right, you never know when you might be needed. You never know when an injury might pop up. You never know when someone might turn an ankle, might jam a finger, whatever it may be. You may ne- you never know when one of your teammates might be having a rough day and says something to a coach that gets them pulled. I've seen it. All right, I I have seen it. I've and I've been that coach that's had to pull a guy because of an attitude issue. I shouldn't have to wait for my guy that I'm calling like if I call your name, hey, grab a helmet, you should go, got it. Go get my helmet. I'm on my way. Not, oh, wait, where's my bag? Where's my stuff? Wait, what, me? Are you sure? Oh, coach, I'm kind of tight. All right, stay loose. Stay limber. Stay ready. When you're a depth guy, when you're a bench guy, you 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 can only control the things that you can control. All right, you can't control the current depth chart. You can't control what coach thinks, what coach has seen prior to that moment. But what you can control is whether or not you're ready to go when your number is called. I can tell you one thing, all right? I said it before, say it again. Here's the scoop, and I'm going to tell you. If you worked a certain way and did certain things and became, you made the team and are a depth guy on the team, and nothing you've done from that point to the point that you get an opportunity to play has changed, your work ethic hasn't changed, you haven't put the time into adjust anything with your swing, adjust anything with your throwing, adjust anything with your pitches, adjust anything with your approach. And a lot, a lot of it is an approach. There are guys that I've seen for years that are talented enough to be on the field, but you know, physically, but they don't come in ready to play. They don't come in ready to go. They don't come in in a, in a manner of, I want to play. I want to take a job today. I've been given an opportunity. I want to take a job. I want to, I want to earn something. They, they show up a certain player, and they go through the motions, and they they are still that same player when they get the opportunity. That's not gonna that's not gonna put you on the field. All right, if you're not happy being a depth guy, work like you're trying to take someone's job. Work like you're trying to like, and and if you're not a depth guy, you better be working and not get your job taken. All right, there I've seen plenty of guys over the years that come in, think, oh, I'm a senior, I'm good. I'm an upperclassman. I'm good. That freshman's not taking my job. Guess what? If that freshman's better than you, he very well may. If that freshman's, if you, you know, even if he's not, but he's just outworking you and you're not performing, he's going to get a shot. If you're a depth guy, if, if you're an upperclassman depth guy, if you're a, a you know, if you're a, a, a junior depth guy with, uh, on a young team, a young talented team, or if you're a senior depth guy on a talented team, with, and maybe there's another senior in front of you. Maybe there's a junior in front of you. Maybe there's a sophomore in front of you. But if you're that depth guy, work to not be that depth guy. All right? And listen, it's not going to happen in practice. Your work ethic, like you you getting the work done is going to happen in practice, but you're not going to take a job in practice. You're going to take a job in a game. You're going to get an opportunity in a game, and that's where you have to shine. The only way you're going to do it is to be ready. The only way to be ready is to practice like you're going to take someone's job. All right. I've been a depth guy on teams. I've been a starter on teams with a guy on my heels the whole way. All right. And whether it was high school, whether it was, you know, travel ball back when travel ball was what it was when I was younger, uh, beat on a Muni team. You know, when I was 18 years old, I jumped on double A Muni at 18 with the, you know, with the Inferno team that was in that league for a year. You know, I came in starting first baseman, four hitter, got to pitch a bit. And, you know, I went in and they brought in a couple other arms to, to contest with me and a couple of the other guys that were the younger arms on the team. And what did I do? I had to show up and show out. 
You know, if I had a, I, I knew if I had a bad outing, I, I wasn't going to get to pitch much more. That was the last year I pitched full time. Not really much of a pitcher. I can teach it. I can, I can, I can train you in it. Uh, me doing it, not so much. I know more about pitching now than I ever knew back then. Um, you know, but that was one of those things. Like, I, so I've been that guy. I've also been a guy who, you know, uh, I, I played one year, part of a year, uh, a, a total of three games in AAA Muni for uh, Paul Wolf and the Diesel. Got asked uh, to come and just help out by uh, Jay Musialowski, who I caught bullpens for him when I worked at, it was Inferno Baseball. That was even before it was New Era Park. Uh, and then, you know, they had a guy who was moving to Texas or something or moving somewhere, and they needed a guy to catch. They had a guy coming in who was going to be the starter, but they needed a second one, you know, somebody who was going to come in and maybe maybe be able to spell him for a few innings, get a spot start here or there. And... You know what? I wasn't a catcher, but I'll be damned if I didn't get, you know, turn the iron mic on, get in a cage, get down a squat and start just working on receiving and framing a ball because I wanted to I wanted to be able to have a shot when I got a chance. Ended up herniating two two discs in my back after uh, after my first start. It is what it is. That was the end of my AAA Muni career. However, you know, it, it didn't change the fact that I was that guy looking to earn a spot. And even if it wasn't me on the plate, because I tell you, I can tell you as right as rain. One of my fa- one of my favorite lines from one of my favorite TV shows. Sure as God's got sandals, I am not a good catcher. I was meant to be a corner infielder, probably a first baseman at best, and I was meant to hit the ball. But you know what? I came in ready to do. I came in ready to swing the bat. I came in ready to swing the bat and try to get a shot to get more pinch hits, possibly DH here and there, possibly get a shot in the field if I, you know maybe even at first base. That's that's what I was looking to do. That's what I was looking to do. I was looking to come in and earn a spot. I got hurt. It happens. That's not part of the story. All right. My point is I've been there. I've been got, I've been the starter with someone at my heels. I've been the guy trying to be at someone's heels. All right. The only way to take a job is to be ready to take a job. Let's say, let's, let's, let's throw this out there. Let's say this. You go out, you get a shot and you get lucky. All right. Maybe you're not ready, but you just, you have a day against this, against some pitcher. All right. You go out. And you just have a day. Coach says, hey, you know what? Uh, you know, the so-and-so who was a little sore to play to play shortstop today, uh, so we DH from his DH, you know, who you came in a pinch hit for, he didn't really get the job done. You came up and hit, hit, roped a two RBI double to the gap. Guess what? Uh, he's going to be back in the – our shortstop's going to be back in the lineup next week uh, or whatever. Um or next game, so-and-so is going to be back in the lineup, but I still need a DH because our pitcher doesn't swing it very well. You're it. Well, guess what? If you didn't prepare for that, you're probably not going to be ready for that because you you're not going to get lucky all the time. You're not always going to get lucky. You're not always going to have that shot. So you need to prepare to play even when you're not. If you don't, if, you, if, you're, if you're a guy who's not practicing to play, practicing to take a job, all right, it, it, it's not being... Well, I have to play because the guy in front of me pitches. Well, guess what? If that's the case and when you get to play, you don't do the job, I can guarantee you coaches are going to find or try to find someone else who can. All right? I, I can guarantee you coaches are going to try to find a guy who, who can get that job done when the other guy pitches. And the only way to do that is to take reps seriously in practice. Now, listen, it doesn't have to be Nose to the grindstone, just work, work, work. This is no fun all the time. You can have a ton of fun. 
Got to get your work in, though. All right, one, one of my favorite things to do back in the day, uh, this is back way back in the Inferno baseball days. Uh, we used to have a ton of fun. Some of the older players in the system that would be there for late, uh, late infield practices, and uh, myself... And probably the three or four of the guys that worked there, uh, I won't mention their names because I don't know if they want their names to be mentioned on air. But we would get together and we would do what we what we jokingly referred to as and one double plays. And it was just two of us, like we'd go up in pairs up the middle. Somebody would hit a ground ball and we would just try to get as creative as we could in turning a double play. And it had to be a good field out at second base and a throw that a first baseman could have made a play on at first. All right, and, and that's how we did it. We threw, were thrown into a net, and it had to be close. It had to be something that your first baseman could make a play. It was bare hand flips. It was glove flips. It was, you know, field it, take the glove off, flip the glove, and the other guy had to catch the glove, take the ball out of your glove, and make the throw. Anything and everything you could think of. It's stupid. We had a blast. And you know what? You know what else we did? We learned glove control. We worked on different fielding skills. We worked on hand-eye coordination doing it. We didn't know it, but that's what we were doing. Did we do that every time we took infield? No. But every once in a while, you can have fun. That's the fun side of the game is, is after you get the work in, after you put the sweat equity in, after you put the blood, sweat, and tears in. All right, you got to fill the bucket, right? I say it all the time when, we, when, when, when I have my team take the field, punch the clock, let's go to work. All right, I, I'm working with a group of young men right now. Uh, we actually just broke for the fall. And one of the things we were working on was different like throws, different arm angles, um, just catching and exchanging the ball, picks, stuff like that. And we were doing it kind of in a circle where you had to catch and you could throw to anybody, flip to anybody, or throw a pick to anybody in the circle. You had to call their name as you were catching it to flip it, A, to get your mind going ahead of it, B, hand-eye coordination, exchange, flips, whole nine yards. And once they got going, man, they were having a blast. They were like, and it, it, was, it was almost chilling to see because here's a group of guys who, I don't know, you know, the last time they came out and – had a day like that, but they were, oh, let's go, boys. The boys are buzzing. Let's go. Let's go. You know, and you can have fun doing that stuff. And I'll tell you what, if that st- if that didn't stem into our IO, I'll eat my shirt because it did. Those dudes came out. They were, they looked good. They looked crisp. They looked loose, and they had a blast, right? So you can do it. As a depth guy, you can do that. You can go and have fun. You can go and have a good time with your buddies. Not all the time, though, Okay. You like if 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 I'm a depth guy and I want to and I want to have a shot to take a job because let's be honest if you're a depth guy and you don't want to take a job you're probably not going to go to college to play but if you're that dude that wants to play in college and you're on your high school team and you're a depth guy you should be hunting you should be on the hunt 24/7 to take someone's job and I'm not talking I'm a junior there's a senior incumbent all right there's a senior who played there last year he was a section all star he was a, a division all star you sectional champion whatever I don't care. You should be hunting his job every day, which means glue yourself to that dude's hip, see what he does, see how he works, and show him up. And I'm not saying show him up in a bad way. I'm not saying point out the bad things he does. I'm saying do what you need to do to turn the coach's head, raise the coach's eyebrow, and go, oh, maybe I should give that kid a shot. Because you know what? You may not take his job, but maybe maybe your third baseman's If you're a shortstop, maybe your third baseman's struggling. Maybe your second baseman's struggling. Maybe they need a guy in the outfield. Maybe they need a DH. Maybe they need a dude who can swing it for somebody. You know, somebody who's struggling offensively. But you don't do that by being, oh, um, well, there's a senior there, and he was, he was the, you know, he was section all star last year, and you know, I and I use I use shortstop because that's the position everybody wants to play when they're younger. That's a position everybody's son wants to play at some point in their life. So 
you know, that's why I'm using that specific position. But you, you have to be ready to take a job if you want a job. You have to be ready to take someone's position if you want their position. It's it's baffling to me that we are okay through, I mean, even through freshman and sophomore year of high school with a lot of, you know, with, with guys going to, to wherever they can play and then not having to work and fight and, and grow and develop for their position or their spot on a team. And then, you know, when... When you go to high school, and, and really one of the things I like about high school baseball, especially in you know some of the bigger programs, and I've seen it all over you know all over the country with traveling uh, down to Florida for spring training trips and stuff. You know, one of the things I love about it is you see it all over the place. You know, these guys that come in and like they they don't know what to do when they have to earn it. You know, they don't know what to do when they have to earn their spot, earn their keep, and fight to hold their position sometimes. You know these. These guys go and like, oh, well, I've I've been the starting shortstop on my travel team for my entire life. Okay, great. And your travel team is one of seven in your town. And there's, I mean, I, I, I did quick research one time. And I'm pretty sure in about five minutes, I counted 42 travel teams in the Western New York area for one age group. And I probably missed a bunch. I, I probably missed at least eight. We'll call it a, we'll call it an even fifty in in the Western area in the in the Buffalo and surround Buffalo Niagara Falls uh, down into the Southern Tier area in like in, in what high school would refer to as Section Six at least fifty teams per age group at least right so what happens when there's a like a big town you know big towns like Clarence big towns like Lancaster like Orchard Park you know who have one or two teams per age group just through the Little League. Uh, I can tell you from experience that there's that that Lancaster at times has three or four. Then, you know, you also have independent teams. You have just you know unaffiliated travel teams that call themselves by the town name, because uh, well, what else are you going to do? You have teams that are based in your town or nearby, called the Western New York Buffalo Seven One Six Whatevers. Then you have actual full tilt programs in the area. All right, let's use. Lancaster, let's use Clarence, let's use Orchard Park. All right, these bigger areas with bigger little leagues with big enrollment who have two and three and sometimes four teams per age group. All right, then you have the big programs in the area. that get, like get, There are guys from Lancaster that go out to Hamburg, out to Full Circuit, that go up north, up to the Thunderwolves. All right, there are guys that play outside of your town for other towns. There are guys from Lancaster who play for Clarence. There's guy from guys from Lancaster who play for West Seneca. There's guys from Lancaster who play for Cheektowaga. There's guys from Lancaster. There's guys from Clarence. There's guys from Orchard Park, Hamburg, who play for uh, the West New York Stampede or the West New York whoever. That play for Aces. That play for um, the Academy Stars. That play for the Prospects. That play for all these other teams. And now you go to high school in your town in Clarence, in Orchard Park, in Lancaster, in Hamburg. And all those guys are at the same tryout now from your town that play for all those other teams, all those other organizations. And the two or three guys that, you know, you're on the you're on the you're you're on the Clarence A, A travel team. And here you are competing with guys who you know, not only you beat out that are on the B team, C team, but guys that play out of the area. Guys that play out of outside of your town, that play for, you know, Lancaster, that play for Cheektowaga, 
that play for the whoever's, the whatever's, right? I mean, what do you do? Aside from packing up and going to a private school or to asking your parents to move to a different district, what are you going to do? Are you going to be the guy that folds? Or are you going to be the guy that works? I can tell you the first time that guys walk into the modified tryouts at Lancaster with 90 other people, they go, whoa. And every year we uh, every year, you know, when I was there, we would have parents who were upset that their kid didn't get noticed, that their kid didn't get seen. My kid plays travel. Every kid in that trial plays travel. At least 90 percent of them do. So what are you going to do? You're going to get cut from that team with 90 other guys and fold it up and go play lacrosse. I don't know, maybe. Or are you going to say, you know, especially getting when you start getting older, you're going to say, I'm going to work on the stuff. Any good coach will tell you things that you need to work on, things you need to get better at. If a coach tells you you need to get in the weight room and you sit around playing uh, Call of Duty all day, is that working on what coach told you, you know, he needs to see from you? Probably not. Coach says you got to throw a little bit harder and you shut it down for the winter. Pick your baseball glove up in March. Is that going to get the job done? Probably not. You make the team. You're a bench guy. You're a depth guy. You're going to sit there and just kind of go through the motions of practice, hope coach doesn't notice you're dogging it a little bit, and then hope to perform when you get a shot if you get called on. Guy goes down, you got to start. All of a sudden, oh, I didn't really prepare for this. What are you going to do? Who are you going to be? What guy are you going to be? I can tell you, I, I've seen even in the adult scene, all right, even in the adult scene, you get guys who, you know, the, guy, the guys who stroll in late or who – you know, when they are asked to do stuff, they're not ready or they're always a little banged up and stuff like that. And then they get mad at the end of the season when they're not, you know, not given a shot come playoff time. You know, and, this, and th- I mean, this is going back to when I used to run a team. There were guys who barely showed up and then wondered why they didn't play come playoff time. You know, always had something else going on and, and, and some of it was legit. You know, you're getting married, having a kid. I get it. This we, we all grow up sometime. But. When you're never there or, you know, and I've seen it as recently as a couple of years ago, a guy that was, you know, looking to make us, you know, who's always saying he deserved to play more, always deserved, you know, a little bit more when he was at the plate or, you know, he deserved to hit or he deserved to be in the field here or there. You know, what did he do? All of a sudden, one day late in the game, we're, you know, we're up by a few and coaches looking to put him in the lineup for a pinch hit or, you know, looking for him. He went home, went home to take a shower, came back to hang out with us after the game, found out he missed an opportunity. Guess whose number never got called again that year? I can't imagine why. All right, so when, when, when you are when you find yourself in that position, when you find yourself in, in as the depth guy, as, uh, you know, as a guy who's maybe not the guy on a team, don't run. Stand up. Fight. Work. Put, the set, put in the sweat equity. All right, you, you hear it all the time. You hear coaches, organizations, teams, you know, whether it's football, baseball, hockey, lacrosse, you know, gym dudes, gym bros, gym babes, whatever you want to call them, in, you know, Finsta models, whatever. Rents do every day. You want to be a, you want to be a better player? Rents do every day. You're not getting better hanging out, going out, you know, TPing someone's house at night and running around doing God knows what, you know, playing playing Fortnite or whatever it is, you know, the whatever the hot hot take video game is of the year. You know, you're, you're not doing that stuff. You're not getting better at baseball doing that. You can do that stuff. Absolutely, you can do that stuff. I wouldn't recommend TPing anybody's house or egging anybody's house. I don't even know if kids do that anymore. Uh, that was a thing we used to do back in my day. Never did it, but, you know, whatever. Um, you know, 
you, you can you can have fun. You can be a kid, but you can't you can't avoid the work and expect the results. And that's really the point of this whole thing. So uh, I went. I actually ended up going on a little bit longer than I expected to there, but uh, I'll wrap this episode up by saying this: If you want to do the work, if you want to get it in, if you want to get after it, there's always a place to do it. There's always people willing to help. There's always people willing and able to help you. And I know one of the things that comes out a lot is the money side of it. And there's always people willing to work with you. There's always will, people willing to work for somebody who wants to do it, who wants the dedication. Uh, I, I personally have written workout plans for guys. And, you know, even though I am not currently personally uh, personal training or fitness training out of anywhere um, at the moment, I can write plans for you that involve things you can do in your house, at your house. Um, I can tell you one of the things I'm not going to do is like I, I will test you a little bit. All right, I'm going to see how dedicated you are. And if you're not dedicated, I'm not doing it. I'm not making, I'm, I'm not wasting the time. Okay, because if I'm, I'm not going to waste the time to, to write you a program if you're not going to do it. But if you're going to do it, I have no problem with it. Reach out, find me. I'm not hard to find, I promise. And I'm willing to help people anywhere in any way I can. And I know a lot of other guys out there are willing to do the same. All right, yes, to some extent, there are, there is a business side to this, and everyone knows that. But there are some there are people who can who can work around that. All right, and we're not. It's not. A, I'm going to charge other people so you can do it for free, which I know some people claim happens. I don't know. It it may happen. It doesn't happen with me. But I'm always willing to help in any way I can, and I know a lot of other people are too. So, uh, if you want to put the work in, there's always t- a time and place that you can put the work in. But a lot. Of, but at the end of the day, it all falls on you. It's not mom and dad. It's not. And mom and dad, if you're listening to this, you know, it's not on you. It's not on you to make sure he does, you know, he, he, he goes running or he goes lifting or he hits the gym or he hits the cages or he hits, you know, if he needs a ride, sure. But, he, you know, it's not on you to force him to do those things. It's on him or it's on her. That being said, again, guys, uh, this Saturday, Coach Crowley is having his, uh, his benefit um, at the, let me pull up, pull the thing up again. Do, 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 do. Whoops. Uh, it is at the Elks Lodge at 33 Legion Parkway in Lancaster, New York. Tickets are $30. It is a 21 and over event. Uh, all all monies raised will go toward uh, helping Dennis Crowley and his family. Coach Crowley, as uh, I said at the top of the show, coach of Aces Baseball, uh, Depew, Depew High School Baseball, Wildcats Baseball. Uh, he's been around. He's coached for multiple organizations, multiple teams throughout the years, uh, touched the lives of hundreds of hundreds and hundreds of young athletes over his time. Uh, recently diagnosed with Lou Gehrig's disease this Saturday. You can come support benefit him. If you can't go or if you're out of the area, whatever, and you want to donate, there is a GoFundMe page uh, available as well that you can donate to uh, that will all go and help his family as well with the increasing medical bills as he continues his fight with Lou Gehrig's disease. Uh, that being said, thanks for tuning in, guys. Tip of the Cap is part of the BICBP radio network, www.bicbp-radio.com slash tip-of-the-cap. Uh, or you can just click on the podcast tab, go down to sports, click on the Tip of the or, uh, yeah tip of the Cap logo and find us there. You can also find us on Facebook. Every episode we upload goes right to Facebook now, which is super cool. You can listen to it right on Facebook just in case you don't want to download a different app to listen to us. Uh, you can always find us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, anywhere else you get your podcasts from. Uh, like, follow, share, subscribe, follow us on Twitter. Uh, it is, let me pull up my thing here again. It is at tip of the cap pod. Uh, find us there. Uh, join the conversation. Like, follow again, like, follow, share, subscribe, all that good funky stuff. And as always, we will catch you guys next time.
This is Generic American Sports Podcast Center. Hey guys, thanks for tuning in to another episode of Generic American Sports Host Podcast Thing. Today, in sporting news, some things happened that were some stuff and some other things. Some statistical values to back up those things are this. As you can see, the thing I just said statistically did happen. Yo, wait a minute. I feel like I could listen to this show anywhere and be just as bored. Why am I listening to this stuff? You want a better sports experience from your podcast? Head over to Hats, Tats, and Stats on the BICBP radio network. Not generic, not boring, and a little out there sometimes. Tune in to Hats, Tats, and Stats on the BICBP radio network.